So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. I wonder if anybody here ever had a pen pal or a pen friend when they were younger. One, two, three, oh, a few. Okay, okay. So when I was younger, I had um, a pen friend. In fact, she was my best friend at school. And when she was 10, her family decided that they were going to move to Singapore because of her dad's job. And I was absolutely devastated. I couldn't talk to her anymore. I couldn't see her. I couldn't spend time with her. There were no mobile phones. There was no internet. There was no social media or Zoom. And so the thing that I had to do was write her a letter via airmail. I wonder if you remember that really thin paper, and it was part of the envelope. And I used to have to take it to the post office and say, airmail to Singapore, please. They put a special stamp on it, and I can't imagine how long it took to get there, probably about 10 days, and then she would write back to me. And it took a lot of time, and it took a lot of effort on both of our parts. Well, my friend Amanda and I, we wrote to each other regularly. We shared our lives, our hopes, our dreams, and sometimes her family flew to England and we would get to actually spend physical time together. And we continued as pen friends until we got to about our teenage years, went off to university, and then because of immaturity and other things taking hold, I think we just kind of separated and got on with our lives. But I must have written dozens of letters to her. And she wrote lots and lots of letters to me, taking time and care and effort over what we said and how we said it. And I loved receiving them. I loved hearing about her life and what she was doing and who we were becoming as we grew up. My friend was really important to me. And at that time, I really wanted to maintain that friendship with her. And I could do this through the letters. Now, sadly, when we stopped writing letters, we lost touch for quite a long time. In fact, it was decades before we got to see each other again and we found each other on Facebook. Time had taken us both elsewhere. Priorities had taken us elsewhere. And we missed out on knowing each other and understanding each other for all of those years. And we'd become strangers, really, because we'd both changed. Now, I imagine it's the same with any relationship. Those that you put effort and time into are the ones that flourish and grow. And often, it's easy. If your person lives in your house, if the person lives in the street, if the person lives in the town or comes to church, you get to see them regularly so you can build that relationship, you can grow it. But it's much harder and it requires a lot more effort and time if that person doesn't live just around the corner. They live a distance away. Maybe you have to send them an email now, or maybe you have to FaceTime them. You've got to be intentional about it. You've got to plan it. You've got to be proactive and take care. You've got to want to spend time with that person to keep the relationship alive. And so I've got another friend. Yes, I've got two friends. <laughs> and she's called Alex. And so when I moved to Wellington, we decided that we were going to be intentional about maintaining our relationship. If we wanted it to work and we wanted to stay friends, we'd got to be intentional. She lives 40 minutes away. And so we are. We plan times to meet up. We text, we chat over FaceTime, we pray for each other, we ask each other how we are. We're interested in one another's lives. I care what she thinks. I listen to her. She gives me advice. And as a result, our friendship flourishes, and we are getting to know one another better and more intimately. 
Now, over the next few weeks, our theme is loving God, specifically thinking about how we put loving God into practice. And we're thinking about exploring different ways of being intimate with God, getting a relationship that's stronger, that's thriving, that's growing, so that our roots are deep and firmly planted in him. And so this week, we're thinking about how we love God with our time. Now, I know that Heather spoke on the Simeon passage a couple of weeks ago, and actually Psalm 27 was the one that really spoke to me. So I'm going to be focusing a little bit on David this morning. And in our psalm, Psalm 27, we read the words of David. David is known in the Bible as a man who was after God's own heart. He was called this by Samuel, who was a priest, and he was the one who God chose to appoint David as king. And so David was raised up by God to be king over all of Israel, to be the captain of his people. He was a man after God's own heart. He sought God out. He wanted to spend time with him. He was passionate about God, both in the good times and in the bad times. David spent time writing songs and psalms to the Lord, speaking to him, crying out to him, singing his praises, dancing and leaping before him, shouting for joy and playing music to him. And in verse 4 of today's psalm, we read, One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to dwell in the house of the Lord. Now this refers to the temple. This is where in Old Testament times, God lived amongst his people. The one thing that David wanted above all else was to spend his time dwelling in the house of the Lord. That is staying, living, resting in the house of the Lord all the days of his life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. If you could ask one thing of the Lord... Would it be to dwell with him all the days of your life? To gaze upon his beauty? To inquire of him? To ask him questions? David goes on to say in verse 11, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I might walk upon a level path. And he would encourage his hearers at the end to wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Each of these things that David mentions require us to spend time with God, for God, in his presence, getting to know him better and becoming more intimate with him. So to follow in David's footsteps might mean spending time with God praying or talking regularly for extended amounts of time. It might mean waiting upon him, asking him what he has to say. It might mean meditating upon God, reading scripture, waiting for the goodness to come out of it. It might be singing praises to the Lord. It might be writing songs. It might be playing instruments. It might be dancing or bowing down before him. Now, David didn't always have good times. There were times when he had to flee to the wilderness to escape persecution, to escape death. But in his wilderness time in Judah, David found a thirst for God. And Psalm 63, verses 1 to 2 say this. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, 
So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. The Lord's presence was living water to David's soul. He wanted to bathe in the Lord's power and the Lord's glory and to be in the sanctuary, which was the inner temple where God's spirit dwelt. David knew that even in the wilderness times, he needed to trust God even more, to be in his presence, to spend time with him. And David found that satisfaction and that strength from being with God. He knew God well enough that his faith would grow in the wilderness. So what does spending time with God look like to you? It's really important where we spend our time. Psalm 84.10 says, One day is better in your courts than thousands elsewhere. And this psalm is celebrating a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. It's a joy and a pleasure to be in God's house. Now, the good news for us is that we don't have to travel anywhere. We don't have to go on a pilgrimage to meet the living God. Our souls don't have to be a thirst and dry in a weary land. We have access to this living water every moment of every day. 1 Corinthians 3 tells us that we have become temples of the living God and God's spirit dwells in your midst. So when do you spend time just soaking in his presence? In the presence of the living God. That life-giving water that he wants to wash over you and through you for refreshment and for strengthening. You see, we're all a little bit like a sieve. We leak. And spending time with God, if it isn't a regular occurrence, that sieve leaks so fast that we just become empty. We need to spend time with God so that we become more like him, so that we tune into his voice, so that we have a better understanding of the word, and so that when we go out into this world, his presence in us and through us drips off us and onto others, like a sponge which is filled to capacity with water. It just drips off us to the people that we meet. Think of the most intimate relationship you've ever had. Perhaps it was your husband, or is your husband, or wife, or a brother, or a sister, a parent, or a child, a friend, or a companion. Think about the delight that you had in spending time with that person, delighting in them, spending that time with them. But I tell you now, Jesus wants to be your most intimate relationship, closer than a brother. He wants to be your best friend, the one that you confide in. And you have access to this right here, right now, in this place. And I believe that we can stay here where we are. We can rest in God's presence as our response to him. Or we can sing. We can dance. We can shout for joy. We can kneel before him. We can lie prostrate on the ground. Prostate, prostrate, not sure. (laughs) We have permission to do any one of these things. We can raise our arms, we can lift our hands, we can worship in tongues, we can move into the river of the Holy Spirit for a fresh infilling of what he wants to give us, for all of those areas that are a bit leaky, a bit thirsty, a bit dry, a bit worn out. But let's make sure that we give him the time that he deserves. 
This isn't a five-minute top-up once a week as we come into the service. This is a lifelong commitment to spend time with him so that we can get to know him more. He doesn't need to get to know us more. He already knows us intimately. He knows you better than you know yourself. It's about you building an intimate relationship with your Father, the living God. And in doing so, we can find peace in all sorts of circumstances that would otherwise be really stressful. And in doing so, we're also given that power to proclaim his message, the Great Commission that I talked about a few weeks ago. The more time you spend with him, the more you allow the Holy Spirit presence to fall upon you, the more you can go out in his power and proclaim the word. Now, in our other reading, Simeon clearly spent time with God in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we read that the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him. And the Holy Spirit said that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And indeed, moved by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple and he saw Jesus. So the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit moved him. The Holy Spirit revealed truth to him. And that's what spending time with God does. The more time we spend in his presence, the clearer we hear him, the better we know him, the clearer he speaks to us through his word, and the more intimate the relationship. Our response, whether it be singing, dancing, meditating, praying, kneeling, lying on the floor, is our loving response in worship. Coming into the presence of the Holy Spirit and maintaining that power he gives us is like, it's like a rechargeable battery. At first, you take that battery and it runs on full charge, but slowly you realise that the tool that you've got isn't working as well. It's got less power, and eventually it needs to plug back into the source because the power's run out. Most of us will have a mobile phone, and many of us will probably need to charge them up every single day. Maybe... You need to charge your phone for up to an hour just so it can be refilled with power, just so it can work properly for you every day. Now imagine if you did that every day. Imagine if you spent the time it takes to recharge your phone in God's presence, recharging with God, communing with the Holy Spirit, reading his word, praying, listening, singing, dancing. Any good relationship worth having takes time, and we prioritise it over other things. When I had my pen friend, I loved my friend, but it was an immature relationship, and I didn't prioritise it. We grew apart, and as a result, we didn't know each other as well as adults. But in my adult relationship with Alex, I like to think that I'm as mature enough to think I want that relationship to grow and develop, and I'm going to spend time on that relationship. And if we do that with our friends and our family, shouldn't we be spending that time with God? So this morning, as we respond to what God might be saying or asking of us, I want us to think about how we can spend more time with him, how we can plug in regularly to be recharged, and how we can access his living water. Perhaps this morning you're feeling a bit leaky, like a sieve. Or maybe you feel like the mobile phone that needs some power. Perhaps you want to be like the sponge that's filled to overflowing so that it's just dripping off you. 
As we take the time to worship this morning, I want to encourage you to ask God for his refreshment and for his recharging power. You may like to stand like we did a few weeks ago in the river of his Holy Spirit as a physical act of saying, Lord, I am plugging myself into you this morning. You may want to come and receive prayer. I know we we leave prayer till the end of the service, but I think sometimes if God's nudging you and saying, just go and receive some prayer, then that's something that we really should respond to. And I'm just going to, when the worship band come up in a few minutes, I'm just going to stand here. And if you just want me to pray a simple prayer for you, I'm not going to go into detail. I'm just going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come. Then please do come and ask for prayer. But use this time when the band comes up as a moment to be with God, with the Holy Spirit, to embrace what he might be saying to you this morning about new ways of being intimate with him. As I was praying this morning, I just had a sense that there are some of us who want to be in that inner sanctuary, but we feel like we're hovering outside and we're not quite not quite there to open the door and actually get inside the sanctuary with the living God. Some of us are in the sanctuary and we're just bathing in it, but some of us are just just not quite sure whether we want to open that door, whether we want to bathe in the Holy Spirit's presence. But I just encourage you to remember that Tim ripped the box up and we've given the Holy Spirit permission to reign in this place. And I'm not getting back, I'm not putting him back in the box. He's out and he's roaming. So I'm going to invite the band to come up. And I'm going to pray for us. And then you respond however you feel. If you want to sit, then you sit. If you want to stand and put your hands out, then do that. If you want to come and bathe in the river of the Holy Spirit, then please don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Just come and do it. If you want to lie on the ground, lie on the ground or kneel before him. If you want to come and just say, just ask for a filling of the Holy Spirit, then come and I'll I'll just say a, a short prayer for you. But I would encourage you to use this time to just allow God to move in you and through you and to be open to what he wants to say to you this morning.